0: Welcome to Brighton Adventure Story Podcast. Chapter 4. Pet Cemetery Jenny stood frozen, fixed in the stares of the four weasel creatures. Their sneers told her that she was not a welcome visitor. "'What are we here, fellas?' the lounging weasel said. Its voice was high with a little Sussex countryside twang to it. "'A little lost girl!' "'Perhaps we can help her find our way back to where she's from.' The three other creatures laughed. It was not a pleasant sound, more like the wheezing hisses of tiny malevolent steam trains. The one holding the teapot stopped laughing and sniffed the air. "'She smells good,' it said, its voice deeper and dumber than the first. "'And we ain't eaten for hours.' "'Well,' the lounger said, ignoring the comment. "'You're still here.' "'How might we be of assistance?' "'I, uh,' Jenny stuttered, before gathering herself. "'Where's Hegel?' "'That grumpy old prickle-pig has been relieved of his duties.' The lounger reached behind him and held up a familiar object, a stout stick with a sharp metal end. It was Hegel's weapon, his pike. "'And we've relieved him of his abode and all his stuff, too. He don't need it no more. We're living here now.' And I don't think you are on the guest list, if you know what I mean. What did you do with him? Jenny said, suddenly more afraid for the hedgehog than herself. Oh, nothing he didn't deserve, the creature sneered. But he's not gone far. He's where all good hogs should be. Hiding with all his dead relatives, I've no doubt. Now, I'm tired of giving you hints. You're not welcome in our house. Get out! It gave her a look of utter contempt and flicked its nose toward the passageway behind Jenny. She took a step backward, not wanting to take her eyes off the nasty creatures. When her back touched the rough bark of the passage, she turned and hurried out. She heard the crash of the teapot smashing as she stepped out into the park. She was breathing hard and trembling, with anger more than fear, and from the shock of the state of poor Hegel's cosy chamber. Her thoughts went to the ousted hedgehog. She had a good idea where the creature meant when he said dead relatives. Further along the little path that led to the elms was a walled garden. It was part of Preston Manor and open to the public. Jenny was almost at the square gateway in the high stone wall when she heard low voices talking. Two people were standing just on the other side of the gateway. One was wearing overalls, with one hand on the old metal gate and one hand rattling a large bunch of keys. The other was wearing running clothes. They were blocking the route into the walled garden. Worse, they were way closer than two metres to each other, and no one should be touching the gate without gloves on. Jenny had half a mind to tell them to be more responsible. Instead, she backed away and cut a wide circle away from them and round to the rear lawn of the manor house. There was a second stone gateway through the wall from there, and thankfully it was deserted. Jenny slipped into the walled garden. It was a shady spot even on a sunny day, Now, at dusk, it was growing gloomier by the minute. She took the long route round, back toward the corner of the garden nearest the elms. She approached slowly and silently, aware that the two talkers were close by. Easing past tall pampas grass, she found herself in the dingiest corner of the whole garden. It was shaded by a tall conifer, and as Jenny had remembered, it was home to a number of tiny gravestones nestled against the outer wall. The stones bore the names of various dogs and cats that had served the manor house. A pet cemetery seemed to be a likely location for the graves of Hegel's forebears. In the half-light she almost crept straight past the first little gravestone. It was in a flower bed and had Dearest Fritz inscribed upon it. She moved slowly on to the next one. Jenny had written down all the names years ago as part of a school project and she was looking for one in particular. It had stood out at the time when compared to the punches, Georges and Rovers of the other pets. She reached the end of the gravestones and frowned. The one she wanted wasn't there. She went back and crouched low by a tiny worn headstone right under the overhanging branches of the conifer. The name on it was barely visible. It looked like it said Willoughby. That wasn't the one she was looking for either. There was a little light spilling over the garden walls from a tall streetlight on London Road. Jenny pushed back a low conifer branch to let a little more light in. Behind the branch, set into the wall at waist height, was the stone she remembered. It was similar to the other pet gravestones, but different too. The stone was smoother. The lettering, though worn and faded, was not the same style as the other stones. Less formal, more like a child's writing. Jenny traced her finger over the name. Hedgewort. She was pleased with herself for remembering it. Hegel, she whispered. Are you there? There was no reply. There were no dates on the smooth stone. Under the strange name was a further inscription, but it was too dark and too faded to read, though Jenny was fairly sure that the last three letters were E-L-M. The more that she looked at it, the more the little stone seemed out of place. It wasn't even the right shape. It was wedge-shaped, like the capstone of the arched gateway into the walled garden. Which could mean that... Yes! Below and to the near side of the inlaid stone was a small rusted metal ring. A door handle, surely, even though there was no sign of a door at all in the surrounding brickwork. The metal ring was at knee height. Jenny knelt down in the dusty dry flowerbed to inspect it. Close up, it was more rust than metal and almost certainly seized in place. She reached out with a gloved hand and lifted it. To her surprise, it moved quite easily, giving out a high-pitched metal squeak. In the dark stillness of the garden, it sounded deafening. Jenny paused to see if the talkers near the gate came over to investigate. But the absolute silence that followed told her that there wasn't anyone nearby at all. She gave the handle a gentle tug. Nothing happened. She twisted and pulled, and pulled harder and harder, and eventually a section of the wall swung towards her. It was a door. A chill draught drifted out of the darkness disclosed by the open door. "Hegel, I want to talk to you," she said quietly into the void. "Please come out." Still nothing. The darkness had deepened, and Jenny shivered from the cold air beyond the door. Something about the blank space was unnerving. She leaned forward, not quite willing to put her head right inside. The air smelled dry and woody and old, not unpleasant, like a church hall. Her eyes began to pick out shapes to the left and right, shelves perhaps. She moved slowly closer. Oi! a voice called from behind. Get out of there! She spun round, ready to be told off by the overawed man. But on the path behind her was a diminutive figure, a hedgehog, standing on his back legs, his tallest spines reaching only as high as Jenny's knee. In his right hand he held a stout stick, sharpened on the end, but no substitute for his lost pike. He looked disheartened and dejected. "'Oh, Hegel,' Jenny said, "'I'm so sorry about your chamber.' The hedgehog rolled his small black eyes. "'Pull that stupid mask down, you idiot! I can't tell what you're saying!' he said grumpily. Jenny had forgotten about her mask, and she didn't know that Hegel was hard of hearing. Perhaps that was why he was always so annoyed about having to talk to people. She pulled it down. Hi, Hegel. It's good to see you, she said with a smile. It is? Well, it's not good to see you. You shouldn't be creeping around here in the dark, bothering hedgehogs like me. Jenny ignored his grumblings. I wasn't creeping, she said. I was looking for you and I'm sorry about your chambers. Yes, well I'm sorry too. If I'd only been a better guardian, I'd still be there now, having a nice cup of nettle tea probably. Instead, I'm out here living like a rover. I'll just have to wait until they leave, if they ever leave. Talking of leaving, I think you should go. I went into your chamber, Jenny persisted, and met those weasel things. I want to help you, They're not weasels. They're stupid polecats from stupid Polgate. I don't want to talk about them, and I don't want to talk to you. So good night. Before Jenny could reply, the hedgehog shuffled past her toward the little door. Jenny felt very sorry for him. The poor hedgehog had lost his job and his home to some nasty polecats. He had a right to be grumpier than normal. A high whimper came over the wall from the direction of the elms, then another. "'Oh no,' Jenny said. "'I forgot about Teddy.' "'Who's Teddy?' Hegel said. Jenny ignored him, running straight to the nearest gateway in the wall. The people had gone, which was good. But the gate was closed and locked, which was bad. Jenny shook the gate in frustration. Teddy yelped again, clearly in distress. "'Hold on, Teddy,' she called through. "'I'll just be a minute.' She hurried round to the back gate. It was locked too. That was what the overawed man had been doing. She cursed herself for not realising and ran back to climb over the gate nearest Teddy. Hegel was standing next to it. Curiosity had got the best of him. What are you doing? he asked. The gates are locked, she said. I'll have to climb over to get Teddy. Of course they are, he said, unaware of the cause of her concern. They always lock them at night. And who's Teddy anyway? She had both hands on the gate and was trying to find a foothold when she heard Teddy yelp and then howl. Something was very wrong. "'Hold on, Teddy,' she called, still struggling to get off the ground. "'I'm coming!' The railing she had tied him to was so close, but it was out of sight from the gate. There was a patter of feet and then a mass of yellow curls bounded into view along the path. "'Teddy,' she said relieved. "'Good boy. Just wait there for me. Sit.' Teddy stopped, tongue out and panting as he obeyed Jenny's words, which was just about the very worst thing he could have done. As out of the shadows behind slunk the malevolent shape of a polecat, and then another. Jenny felt a twist in her stomach, a moment of panic as she saw exactly what was going to happen. ''Teddy!'' she shouted. ''Run, Teddy, run!'' But the dog didn't understand. Jenny rattled the gate hard. Teddy was startled by the noise, but he sat obediently still, waiting for Jenny to come to him. Run, she pleaded, pulling the gate so hard her knuckles went white and the metal cut into her palms. The nearest polecat grabbed the dog's lead from behind and pulled. Teddy yanked back, dragging the polecat along the path, and Jenny thought for a moment he might just get away. But then the next polecat caught the lead and held it firm. Then a third set of claws joined in. And then, as Teddy whimpered with fear, the polecats dragged him into the dark crevice in the elm tree, and he disappeared from sight.